0: To the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Not too long ago, and Iran, which you really, if you were Israel, you really have to be concerned with them because they possibly could have nuclear uh, warheads, and they don't seem to be a very stable country because they're the ones giving rockets and missiles. To Lebanon, which is run by now taken over by a, a, a terrorist group called Hezbollah, and then uh, they're in the Gaza Strip, which is a, a terrorist group t- run by Hamas. They're the ones funneling all these rockets and weapons to them with the purpose to attack Israel. And they're threatening if there's a ground invasion. Uh, in, from Israel into Gaza this week that they're going to get involved in it directly. So you, in many ways when they say that, you have to somewhat say, okay, are these empty threats or could this be a major, major escalation into war? I mean, when you would have something like that going on, you would have uh, extremely large missiles and rockets being shot at Israel and then uh, really uh, moving to what we might call a regional war In the Middle East, a world war is then when you start getting other countries on the other side of the globe involved in it. Uh, With that, I share all this because if you were just a a regular person here in the world today, this should be concerning based on the Bible verses I'm about to show you here in the Bible. Because actually, Israel plays a key role in the end times, and I'm going to preach a 45 minute sermon. And the goal of this is when you walk out of this sanctuary tonight, I want you to be able to see in the Scriptures about the Bible verses that say what will happen when uh, the really leading up to the return of Christ in the end times and uh, also the role of the Antichrist. So there's actually quite a bit of Scripture here, and I've got it all up on the screen, so hopefully you'll be able to read it right on the screen. But if you do have your Bible, you want to go ahead and pull out your Bibles. Because if I was an unbeliever, there is literally no better time for a lost person to get saved. I mean, we do not know when Jesus is going to come back, but we uh, I would say, let's see, I just turned 45 this past week, looking at war in the Middle East, in the past 45 years since I've been alive, this is probably the closest that uh, this past, what, eight days to I can see almost biblical prophecy being fulfilled because Israel... The, the nation of Israel does have a role in the end times. We're going to see that. So, you know, I remember, what, back 23 years ago, s- leading up to the year 2000, so many people talked about Y2K. The world was going to shut down. The, that month or two leading up, every single preacher, every single church, all it's about is end times this, end times this. But I want to tell you, these past week and a half or so, this has truly been a fulfillment leading up to a fulfillment. Now, I could be totally wrong. This could fizzle out this week, and it might be over. We have no idea. And then everybody just goes back to normal. You know, they did what they wanted to do. Israel felt like they killed enough terrorists. Or this could uh, keep, keep escalating with that. But that being said, we as Bible-believing Christians, uh, certainly we are very aware of watching headlines and being aware of what's going on, particularly the nation of Israel, particularly the Middle East. Uh, but we are also stake our hope in Jesus Christ. He is all we have, and even amidst all this uncertainty. And I want us as a church family, we need to be aware as Christians, and really this message tonight needs to be for the whole church, because if Iran gets involved in this war this week, you will see lost people, and you'll see thousands and thousands of people dying, but you could even see a revival occur. People will, the fear will start uh, paralyzing the world, and people won't know what to do. And uh, next, next Sunday could be packed here at church if uh, there's a massive war this week. It will happen. I remember 9-11. And um, it drove people. It lasted about one, I said four weeks. That first Sunday, we at our home church in Alabama, we had to put chairs out. There were so many people just packed. And by October of 20, 2001, it was totally back back normal just it was you know we had this big surge and then it just slowly came back to to where it was but we could certainly see that very soon with what's going on with that and uh war certainly brings uncertainty in what we're going to see here i want you to open up your bibles and you do want to turn your bibles open up your pew bible if you have one to the book of romans because we're going to see israel's place in the end times, the future of Israel, what is their role? They are God's chosen people, but the chosenness isn't for them to be extra special for the sake of being special. Remember, what, this was this morning's sermon. The reason they were chosen was because God chose Israel and chose the land of Israel. When I say Israel, I'm talking about the people. He, he called Abraham, and he, he chose a person to create a people group, and then he chose a, a land which is the nation of Israel today. And that will be where his son Jesus is going to come into the world and be born into. That was the purpose of them being chosen. Ultimately, remember, our Jewish friends gave us two things. When it's all said and done, Judaism gave us two things. Judaism gave us the Messiah and gave us the Scriptures. Jews did a phenomenal job at preserving the Word of God. They are people of the book. Jews have memorized their, they call it the Hebrew Bible. We call it the Old Testament. And they know their, their Old Testament. Um, an Orthodox Jew would know it extremely well. And many of us Bible-believing Christians, we can learn from their study habits and their desire to, to hide God's Word in their hearts. These are people who, who have abandoned the covenant, who have rejected the Messiah, Jesus, yet they are still hiding the Old Testament in their heart. But we're going to see here in our Bibles, in the book of Romans, Paul writes the reason why Jews do not believe in Jesus. And he says there's a partial hardening of their hearts. And that hardening is a result because they broke God's covenant. They rejected God's Messiah. And Jesus says, well, fine, if that's how it's going to be, the Lord says, if you're going to just be that way, the gospel will advance and it will go out to the Gentiles. We are going to be in Romans chapter 11. And we're going to start there. We're going to start in verse 17. Now, if you're in my Wednesday night Romans class, which you all should be, uh, we're in chapter six. So this is about in three four months we'll be covering this again. So you'll be hearing it again. But this is this is the why of what God is doing with Israel. And then we're after this we're going to be looking at the passages of the Antichrist. And then I'm going to give you I'm going to go ahead and tell you where we're going to go. So you're aware there's two key signs of the end times. If you turn on the news. There is a picture. In fact, go ahead and throw up the Dome of the Rock. I have a picture of it. That there is a Muslim mosque. That is built in the highest point in Jerusalem. It's called Mount Moriah. That there was the temple of where Solomon built the very first temple. David wanted to build it, but God said no, because he was a man of, of bloodshed, and Solomon built it. It got destroyed. God allowed the first temple, which was pure gold. It didn't look like that at all. There's very specific building plans in the book of 1 Kings about this. And then what happened from there, it, um, the Jews went into exile in Babylon, and they came back out of exile. And that's when they took the name Jews when they came back. About, about 70, 100 years later, they came back, and then they rebuilt this temple. This is called the second temple. And that was led under Ezra and Nehemiah. That's what those books are. Book of Esther is during that time. Book of Ezekiel is during that time. The exile is called a post-exilic temple. It's the second temple. And that second temple is the one Jesus preached in. Then the Romans destroyed the second temple in 70 B.C., there has never been a third temple built. But one day, if you turn on the news, and a wild rocket shoots over and hits Jerusalem, and that building there is destroyed. Just a wild rocket. Then, um, some political events could happen. Right now, it, that is a Muslim mosque. That is the third most holy site in Islam. And if a wild rocket from Iran or some other country hits that, probably... Jewish people are going to drive out Palestinians and people from their land and they're going to want to build their temple at that site. And that would be the third temple. That's one of the signs of the end times. A third temple will be built at this site. So that, that is a clue right there. The second thing that will happen is right now there is a very little peace between Israel in her neighboring nations, what we typically call the Arabs or the Palestinians. The Antichrist, the Bible's going to teach us. I'm going to show you the scripture in a little bit, will make a peace accord. He will orchestrate this peace accord between the Palestinians and or the Arabs, the people over there, the Muslims, and the Jews, the Israelis. There'll be this peace accord. And then halfway through it, The Antichrist will then break the peace accord. So, you know, no no politician's been able to broker this deal. Five years ago, Donald Trump promised the whole world he could negotiate the peace. He he wasn't able to do it. Bill Clinton tried the 1990s. He came close. He couldn't do it. The one who's going to do it is the Antichrist. Those are our two things. That building's going to be destroyed. Temple's going to be built. And a peace accord will be orchestrated and conducted by the Antichrist uh, among these nations of Israel that keep fighting her. So those, that's where we're going to land. Those will be our clues. So if you ever turn on MSNBC News and that building's no longer there, I mean, if you know lost people, they need to be turning to the Lord because you're living in the end times. You need to be turning to the Lord today, but you really need to be turning to the Lord if you're seeing things like Third Temple being built and peace accords are, are going out. So I think we as a world, obviously I don't know, we don't know the future, but when you see TV news saying, hey, Iran is threatening to shoot missiles at Israel if there's a ground invasion, and Israel has hundreds of thousands of people saying we're about to invade Gaza, who knows? I mean, it certainly looks like something's go- about to happen. Um, I mean, the United States sending uh, aircraft carriers into the Mediterranean Sea, and they don't just do that for accident. There's a purpose behind all of that. Romans chapter 11, verse 17. Bible tells us here, Paul writes, now if some of the branches were broken off, now the branches there, what is Paul talking about? He's not talking about a tree. He's talking about the, the, the nation of Israel. So it says, some of the branches are broken off, and you, through a wild olive branch, you he's talking about, remember, who's Paul writing to? He's writing to the people in Rome, they were not Jews. He's writing to people who were, who were uh, Gentile converts in Rome. He's writing to non-Jews who were believers in Jesus. So he's saying there were these branches. They were the tree of Israel. And they have been broken off. And these wild shoots over here, some other branches, are coming out of the tree. They're, they're coming in. It says here, Though a wild... The, though a wild olive branch were grafted in among them and have come to share in the rich root of the cultivated olive tree. Let me explain that Bible verse. The Bible is telling us that believers in Jesus Christ were grafted in to to Israel. So they're part of that through Jesus because their branches, the original branches of the tree, were broken off. What do you mean? How were they broken off? They rejected the Messiah. Our Jewish friends, whom we all love, they have said no to Jesus. So God says, okay, if you're going to say no, this is what the whole book of Acts is about. The gospel is just going to advance. Remember Christianity, it started out, Pentecost was a Jewish revival. They were there for a Jewish um, uh, festival, feast. 3,000 people got saved. And then the gospel just spreads to the Gentiles. It spreads to the Samaritans. It spreads outside of Jerusalem. So that is a key Bible verse there in verse 17. We are grafted in, meaning we have received salvation from the main branch. We were born outside of Judaism. We weren't born in the main tree, but through what Jesus did, we were brought into those promises. Do not boast that you are better than those branches. But if you do boast, you do not sustain the root. But the root sustains you. The root is the Lord Jesus. Then you will say, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. True enough. They were broken off because of unbelief. They're talking talking about the unbelief of the Jews. God God allowed this to happen so other people could be saved. But you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but beware. We should never be cocky about our salvation. When we see someone who doesn't know the Lord, our response should be sorrow. They're not not saved. They're literally going to hell. Jesus came to die for someone. We We don't ever have a cocky or arrogant spirit because we're a Christian and they aren't. We're more blessed or we've been grafted in or we know the truth. We know the truth, and that should motivate and encourage us to be teaching other people about the truth. Keep going here in your Bibles. Verse 21. Because, God did, because if God did not spare the natural branches, He will not spare you either. Therefore, consider God's kindness and severity. Severity towards those who have fallen, but God's kindness towards you. If you remain in his kindness, otherwise you too will be cut off. And even they, if they do not remain in unbelief, they will be grafted in, meaning Jewish people, that anyone can get saved. When you're grafted in, you're brought in the promises of the Lord through Jesus Christ. That's what he means to be grafted in. Because God has the power to graft them in again. For if you were cut off from your native wild olive tree, and against nature were grafted into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? I know that's really confusing, what Paul's trying to say. But he's saying they are part of the original olive tree, our Jewish friends, but because of their unbelief, they... uh, the Lord used their unbelief and their rejection of the Messiah to graft in this other other olive branch, meaning the Gentiles, they were able to come in. We were able to get saved because of the Jews' unbelief and their disobedience and their abandonment of God's covenant and their blindness to see the truth. So that's what we see here in this first passage about how Israel, they have this rejection right now, but the good news is it's not going to be final. One of the things that will happen in the very end part of the tribulation is there will be an eye opening of Israel. They will actually turn and, and turn to the Lord later on. Now, this will be after the Antichrist. They will realize they were dubbed, they've been lied to, that their eyes were blinded, the Bible tells us. And that they, they took the de- deal and they uh, t- took the peace treaty with the Antichrist and he broke it. So keep going here in verse 25. We're going to read 25 now through 32. I don't want you to be ignorant about this mystery. And the Bible teaches us this is a mystery here. So we don't fully understand this. So when we read this scripture, when we read chapter 11, and we're wondering, what is God trying to say? I don't fully understand that. Well, we're not because it's a mystery. It's the workings of God. This is how God... How can God choose Israel? His chosen people. Yet, He blinded them to the truth of Jesus because of their disobedience in the Old Testament. And they murdered the prophets. They rejected His covenant. They totally neglected Him. Worshipped all the foreign idols and bells of the time. He brings Jesus. Their eyes were blinded to Him. And this was all prophesied during the book of Isaiah, because of their disobedience. Jesus condemns them and says, you are blind guides, you're a whitewashed tomb. You missed my visitation. And then he says, the gospel's going to go to these olive branches, these grafted in people. And then, what happens in the right in the time of when Jesus... Uh, it goes to heaven, we do see a Pentecost there among Jews getting saved. The early church was Jewish, but then it began to spread. God raises up a missionary named Paul who takes the gospel to the, all the Gentiles who goes on these missionary journeys, planning churches and sharing the good news. And the whole time, unbelieving Israel fails to, fails to open their eyes and see this was the Messiah. And they actually killed the Messiah. God is punishing them. He's hardened their hearts for what they did to their Messiah. Think about it. All, so many of the Old Testament prophets were murdered. Jesus was murdered. And God says, well, you're now going to be blinded. You're going to pay a price for this. And the gospel, the blessing that I had for you, is now going to go to the very people you despise. Gentiles, Samaritans, non-Jews are going to inherit the kingdom of God that was originally created and promised for you. And now, that's, that's the time we live in right now. There is a hardening for our Jewish friends towards the gospel. So then it's about to change, though, at the very end of the end times. And that's where we pick up here. Verse 25. But I don't want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you will not become conceited. Look at this. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Folks, that is our time we're in. We are living among the the time of the Gentiles. We are Gentiles, and the fullness of the Gentiles means God knows how many Gentiles out here are going to get saved. This past Wednesday, we had 10 people baptized at our baptism service. And I'm probably assuming all 10 of those people were gentiles. So 10 people trusted in Jesus as their savior and followed right here in believers baptism. They were part of this fullness of the gentiles to come in. Hopefully our next baptism service we'll have another 7 or 8 people baptized whenever that is and we'll add those people. See Seven or eight more people, Gentiles most likely they were, who trusted Christ as their Savior, and they came in. That's what he's talking about. That means God is desiring these people outside of Israel because there's a partial hardening. It's not total hardening. It's a partial hardening so that we can get saved. Verse 26, And in this way all Israel will be saved, as it is written, The Deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godlessness away from Jacob. That's right now. Our our Jewish friends, Jacob is another word for Israel. And right now they're living, they've rejected God's covenant, they're living godlessness. And this will be my covenant with them. When I take away their sins. So through, through us being grafted in, this is a There's a key theological word that's used right here that's very challenging to interpret. If you go back to verse 26 in your Bible, you need to look at this. Look up here on our screen, verse 26. This poses a lot of problems. In this way, all Israel will be saved. The word all is used. Now, how would we interpret that word? All Israel will be saved. Now, we know if a Jewish man today rejects jesus today and he passes away he's going to hell he's part of israel he is re- he's a jewish he's rejected the lord and once someone passes away there's no second chance there's not a side door for our jewish friends so the how i would interpret all israel in that bible verse will be saved is going back to that original verse we read in verse 17 about these other branches being grafted in. Those who were saved and who accept Jesus as their Savior become part of all Israel. Because a Jewish man, even though he has, he can trace maybe his uh, DNA all the way back to Abraham, he can go all the way back from Jacob, one of the tribes of, of Israel, He's not part of Israel if he has rejected Israel's Messiah. The whole purpose of Abraham and the choosing of him was for the Messiah to come. Well, once you've rejected the Messiah, you are not part of it. So I personally would interpret all Israel, meaning us being grafted in. Those who are to be saved will be a part of all Israel. Now, that's kind of awkward today. We don't go around saying, I'm Jewish, I'm part of Israel. I'm, we don't talk like that, like that, but Paul's saying the new Israel in heaven will be those who have trusted Jesus, a Jewish man, is their Messiah. And through, through Abraham and his choosing, that's how he was able to save his people. It was a, a Jewish Messiah who saved all of mankind. That's how I would interpret that Bible verse. If we were on Wednesday night, you'd be able to ask questions. So you can ask your question in three months when we cover this again on our Wednesday night Bible question, or Bible time with that. Keep going here your Bible. Regarding the Gospel, verse 28, they are enemies for your advantage, but regarding election, they are loved because of the patriarchs. I mean, God wanted, God wanted Israel, the uh, people who are, who are Jewish, to be saved. But since... God's gracious gifts and calling are irrevocable. As you once disobeyed God, but now have received mercy through their disobedience. He's talking about us. We were once uh, foreign and we were disobeying God, but because of Jesus, we have received mercy. So they too have now disobeyed, resulting in mercy to you, so that you may also now receive mercy. These are challenging verses. Let me explain why he's talking about that he's talking, he's harking back all the way to the Old Testament. God chose Israel. We have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then Joseph, the patriarchs, Moses. These people believed God, and God credited to him righteous. They were faithful to the Lord. They obeyed the covenant of the Lord. But after they received the Sinai covenant, the first thing they started doing is making golden calf. They started abandoning the Lord. They started breaking the covenant that God made. And God, the, this whole passage here is talking about through their disobedience of event, through Israel. Later on, in the Bible starts breaking God's command. Then we, who were once lost, if we were born at the time of Abraham and we were among the Canaanites, we would be going to hell. But because of Israel's disobedience, then God says, "Okay, now there's going to be a path for Gentiles to get saved." And that's through Jesus. Through Israel's disobedience, we have received mercy. And then later on in the end times, Israel, they've received a hardening right now, a partial hardening, but there will be a time it will be restored for them, and they will have an opportunity, and they will see, because of what the Antichrist is going to do, they will turn to the Lord. We're going to see that in a little bit. Keep going here in your Bibles. Verse 32, for God has imprisoned all in the disobedience so that he may have mercy on all. So throughout the world history, God has provided both the Jews and the non-Jews opportunities to get saved. And it was because of God's mercy. Both people groups, Jews and non-Jews, receive God's mercy with, with this. All right, so turn over in your Bible now. We just read here, Uh, Romans chapter 11, I want to look at Matthew chapter 24 and see what Jesus says about this. Jesus speaks about this as well. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus uh, laments over Jerusalem, and we're going to pick up in verse 15. Matthew 24, 15. You want to follow along your Bible, because this is about uh, possibly the times we're living in today. What we saw in the book of Romans, Paul is explaining the hardening of the Jews and how we're able to get saved. Then the rest of the Bible, Paul gives us the theological framework of understanding Jews versus Gentiles. And why God is letting these Jews uh, be so hard to the gospel It's because they rejected the Messiah and they killed all the prophets and they rejected the Lord. And as a result of that, all these Gentiles, the fullness of the Gentiles were able to sweep in. Well, Jesus is now going to give us some clues of what we need to be looking for during the end times. Verse fifteen. Actually, uh, before we read this, look up at your Bible to Matthew twenty-three, verse thirty-seven. If you have your, that's why you need your Bible, and you want to see this. This totally applies to today. Jesus is sad over the city and the nation of Israel. This is his people. How sad would it be if you were the only Christian in your home? And you had a home, and you had a lot of brothers and sisters. Mom and dad didn't care about Jesus. Brother and sister, you invite them to church, they laugh at you. They purposely plan family events on a Sunday morning so you can't go to church. They give you a hard time if you start to tithe, and why are you giving the church your money? Could you imagine living in a home where you were the only believer and just folks just gave you a hard time about it? They don't want you to talk about it. They don't want you to say a blessing. They don't want any religious stuff on the wall. It's just, it's hard. That's how Jesus felt. He is the promised Messiah among His people. And He goes to share the good news with them. He's there healing them. He's making people come back from the dead, and they just they do not believe him. And he, read this right here Matthew 23, verse 37. You want to follow on your Bible? This is bonus material. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, this is why God rejected them. Who kills the prophets and stones those who sent her. Right there. That's why God rejected Israel. Jerusalem is the one who kills the prophets and stones those who sent to her. I mean, God sends a prophet for them to repent, and what do they do? Let's kill the prophet. We don't want to hear this message. That's Today, do you know how you get killed? If you are proclaiming biblical truth, you're going to hit cancel culture. They don't want you talking about it, certain stuff on social media. They, don't want you, they, they, they want people who are teaching biblical truth to become muted. They just You need to be quiet. And that's what they did Deering. messages that offend people, that teach truth, get silenced. That's what the devil does. They pour cold water on it. And the way you do that in Bible times, you kill the prophet. He says, we don't want to listen to this guy. Let's behead him. That's what the first thing Jesus does. He sees his wonderful city. And he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you're the one who kills the prophets. But most of all, Jerusalem kills Jesus. He had to die. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. Jesus says, my own people who I came for, I wanted to gather you and see you all saved. But you weren't willing. How heartbroken is Jesus? He's the Messiah. These are His Jewish people, His relatives. Remember, remember when Jesus goes to Nazareth, His hometown, the Gospel. 30, nearly 30 years in Nazareth. That's where he grew up. He goes there and preached. They, got, they tried to throw him off the cliff. They said, who is this man? Who does he think he is? Isn't this Joseph's son, the carpenter, his mama Mary? Like, why does this man tell me what to do? I'm not... In fact, get rid of this guy. The very people... And the Bible actually says that because of their unbelief, Jesus could do very few miracles among them. Their lack of belief blinded them to the truth. Keep going in your Bibles. See, this, this verse is so powerful. Verse 38. This literally applies to today. This is ultimate fulfillment in 2023. Verse 38. See, your house is left to you desolate. That is the house of Israel today. Folks, we all love Israel. You might be cheering for them in the war, but they are a desolate house. Our Jewish friends have rejected Jesus. Without Christ, they are going to hell. And this week, if nuclear or massive regional war breaks out, that means more people will die in eternity apart from Christ. That's what that means, both on the Palestinian, the Iranian and the Israeli side. These are just lost people dying who do not know the Lord. And Jesus says, "I have come, and your house is empty. the house of Israel." My house, my people are desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And that there is references to the second coming. That's what he's talking about. He says, when I come again, the second time, the second coming, you will, be, you will realize that who I really am. You're blinded right now. But soon, the entire world, Jesus says, Paul wrote, every single knee will bow at Jesus. They will realize that Jesus is the Messiah. That was bonus material there, and that's the house of Israel today. They are desolate, and Jesus weeps over them. And I compare that. If you live in a family, and you're the only believer, that is what Jesus felt like. His own people rejected the truth. He came for them, and they wanted nothing of it. So, you, in many ways, you can relate to Jesus because maybe you have a lot of lost people in your family and they just have no interest. And he says, I longed, I wanted to gather my chicks, I wanted my family to believe, but they didn't. This is why we never give up praying for a family. You, you know some grandkids or nephews or nieces that don't know the Lord, that refuse to go to church, that are right now partying or doing whatever? Alright, keep going here in your Bible. Matthew chapter 24. This is the material we're at. Verse 15. Jesus here is now talking about the great tribulation. And this is the clue that we will look for. And we might not know always when the tribulations begin. Now, if you've been to a Revelation Bible study, the tribulation could begin at the it begins with the rapture of the church. Or it could have began, depending on when Jesus, when we're taken away, at the end of the seven-year tribulation. That means we would be living through it. It could have began a week ago with a terrorist attack. We do not know when the tribulation began. Jesus tells us we don't know. But in verse 15 it says, So when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place, the holy place, let's go back, where is the holy place at? There's only one holy place. Our picture again in Israel, Dome of the Rock. This is the Islamic holy place. This location, those steps won't be going up to a Muslim mosque. Those steps will be going up to a temple with the building plan in 1 Kings chapter 5, giving us exact dimensions of how to build the third temple. So Jesus says the clue we will know is you will see the abomination of desolation spoken in the prophet Daniel. Our next verse we are return to is the prophet Daniel. And you will see uh, this person standing in the holer place. Then he stops. And he says, let the reader understand. Like You just need to understand what I'm talking about. This is tricky. Then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. A man on the housetop must not come down to get things out of his house. A man in the field must not go back to get his coat. Woe to the pregnant women and nursing mothers in those days. Pray that you escape. escaped may not be in the winter or on the south meaning there's going to be massive war it's going to be awful like good, it's going to be terrible things aren't going to be good for that at that time there will be a great distress that word great distress can be translated great tribulation this is the tribulation one of the clues we will know we will be living in the tribulation is when the antichrist is standing in this future temple that's going to be built at that location we just showed So, and it says there, verse 21, For at that time there will be a great distress, the kind that hasn't taken place from the beginning of the world until now and will never again. If those days weren't cut short, no one would be saved. For those days will be cut short because of the elect. I believe what he's talking about being saved there, he's not talking about salvation. He's talking about every single person on earth will die. The second coming of Jesus will actually prevent the whole world from destroying everything in the world. Jesus' second coming will stop all of this. So going back to verse 15, Jesus quotes the prophet Daniel, and he says the abomination of desolation. So whenever Jesus quotes something, we need to see what is he talking about. Let's turn in our Old Testament to the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 9. So flip back in your Bible. It's up on the screen as well. You need to be fully aware of this. This here is Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. Daniel chapter 9 gives us a glimpse of the end times. Uh, Daniel chapter 7, if you remember, on Wednesday night, we covered it about a month ago, he gives a a, a glimpse of all the major kingdoms of the world, including the future kingdom that's going to come, of the Antichrist kingdom. But then Daniel chapter 9 actually tells us uh, some information, knowledgeable information, about what's going to occur in these last seven years. And and he does this by talking about this 70 weeks of years. So there's this period of seven. Seven is a time of completeness in the Bible. But Jesus quotes Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. Jesus quotes it. We need to read it. And this here is not talking about the Messiah. This verse is actually talking about someone else. He's talking about the Antichrist. So let's read up here on the screen. He, we're picking up, this is actually the very last verse of chapter 9. He, meaning the Antichrist, will make a firm covenant with many for one week. So that covenant is going to be the peace treaty. That's what he's talking about here. But in the middle of the week, this week we're talking about is not one week. He's, it's a period of seven years. And we know that from the book of Revelation. He will put a stop to sacrifice and offering. So if there's sacrifice and offerings going on, that means the temple is going to be rebuilt. So the Antichrist will, will make an agreement with Israel and the surrounding people. Well then, for some reason, halfway through this seven-year period, break it off and then stop Sacrifice, stop the uh, sacrifice and offerings going on at the temple, and the abomination of desolation. This is why we know this is not Jesus we're talking about. The abomination of desolation is the antichrist. Will be on the wing of the temple until the decreed destruction is poured out on the desolator. So that there, the wing of the temple. Do you remember when Jesus was tempted? It actually says the devil brought him up to that area of the temple. It's the corner of the temple. And what what that means there, until the decreed destruction is poured out on the desolator, that's the latter part of the tribulation. And then ultimately, the Antichrist will be destroyed by Jesus. So, the abomination of desolation here, this verse is quoted by Jesus as a reference to the end times. The clues we get from this is, number one, It will be, uh, there will be a rebuilding of the um, temple there, uh, where it says he will put a stop to the sacrifice and offering. And then, number two, it says he will make a firm covenant. That's a covenant with the Jewish people. That's the peace treaty. This man will somehow, or woman, whoever the Antichrist is, will negotiate this deal for peace for Israel. Now, you've got that there in your Bible. Our next scripture, and also our. The final scripture we're going to turn to is going to be in 2 Thessalonians 2. So this is the last place you want to turn your Bible because Paul writes about this as well. 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 3 and 4. This is also about the end times. Actually, I want to start in verse 1. I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. This is about the Antichrist and what's going to lead up to this. this. Paul calls this abomination of desolation the man of lawlessness. He's a lawless man. He will appear very... At first, he'll come on the scene. He'll be a great negotiator. And he's going to make great deals and Israel's going to fall for it. But then they will not... They will realize what will happen. And um, Israel here... Will recognize at the latter part of the tribulation that Jesus is the Messiah, and then there will actually be a Jewish revival because we saw that there when we read, um, or I'm going to give you those scripture there. That's in Romans chapter eleven, verses twenty five through thirty two. We looked at, but this is going to lead up to that. So look in your you're, you're in Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse one. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him we ask you brothers and sisters do not be easily upset or troubled either by prophecy or by a message or by the letter supposedly from us alleging that the day of the lord has come so i mean the day of the lord has not come uh paul's saying no matter what happens we don't live in fear uh we're told in the bible to fear not we are trust fear means we don't trust god we trust god with everything Uh, no matter what happens we've trusted the lord there's nothing else fear we can't change anything or do anything through fear that's a lack of trust and we don't need to believe that maybe Jesus has forgotten about us or times are getting really bad. And they might be getting really bad, but God is in total control no matter what happens this next week or two. Look now here at verse 3. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way. So, Paul prefaces that statement. Be careful. Don't, don't fall for this. Don't be deceived because there's going to be a lot of deception. Right now, our friends in Gaza have been deceived. Many of those folks believe Israel just wants to kill all of them and won't let them leave and just we're going to bomb them, kill a million people. And they've, they've been lied to. They've been deceived. They've received bad information. Don't let anyone be deceived. For in that day, for the day will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed Do you know what the apostasy is that's the falling away we had 31 people here at our count do you know the church i grew up in on sunday nights that was a larger church on a sunday night service there were hundreds of people you would see deacons You would see uh, lots of folks here. You would see uh, people walking the aisle. Sunday night church was actually more well-attended Wednesday. It used to be it would go Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then the low service would be Wednesday night. Nowadays, at least at Broadway, it's Sunday morning, then Wednesday night is number two, then the low service is Sunday night. The apostasy, one of the signs of the end times, is the falling away. Now, the falling away involves two things. Falling away means people are going to get busy and they're going to be blinded to the truth. Social media, TikTok, Instagram, it will brainwash people. And what happens, instead of reading the Word of God and spending time in prayer and praying for people to get saved, they're watching pointless memes on the Internet, which serves no purpose whatsoever. Just wasting time. That's how the devil serves uh, it makes people apostates. He neutralizes them into being totally inactive for the kingdom of God. And we are surrounded by that all around us. So that's the first way. People who used to go to church four out of four Sundays a month go two out of four Sundays because they're busy doing other things. And there's lots of other things to do in this world. And then the other way the apostasy is going to occur is people who used to preach the Bible and how Jesus is the only way and how this is the Word of God, and how a man's a man, a woman's a woman, and that only a man can marry a woman, and that only through Jesus people are saved, they all of a sudden will change their doctrine. They no longer tre- pre- preach and teach biblical truth. So you will see apostasy happen in two ways. People will just get busy and drop out of church. That's why, folks, we were always doing outreach. When Ronnie Hill was saying, he says his biggest challenge, do you know his biggest problem? Is actually getting in front of lost people. It is so difficult. The devil will prevent any possible way, because he has the gift of an evangelist, any possible way from him to present the good news, to teaching people how to be saved. The devil will truly delay flights, cars will break down, churches catch on fire, anything, odd things happen just for that very purpose. And for us, we have to be aware, our life should always be one of constantly remembering there's lost people, there's outreach that needs to occur, these teenagers need to be saved. I attended the uh, Welcome to Broadway luncheon this afternoon at 12.15. We have college students here at our church that are on fire for Jesus. They're standing up at the luncheon Proudly raising their hands and say, Hey, we just got baptized on Wednesday. Had a whole table full of them. They're proud of their faith. That is what you need. You want people who are bold in their faith. Our faith should not dwindle out and die out and go to the ground. No, we, we live, apostasy is going to happen. It's already here. Churches close their doors and they become law apartments. They become bars. They become restaurants. They get bulldozed and become a car lot, whatever. It's just there's not preaching the gospel. People, Christians, get too busy, they're distracted, and they don't realize how quickly their life just passes away. And all that matters is people getting saved. Folks, nothing else matters. We bring nothing to heaven. You could die $2 million in debt and go to heaven. Say, I love you, Lord. I, brought all, I have no money. I spend all my money. I spend more money in not have just like America, our country. Spend all this money and don't even have it. But I got souls saved for kingdom work. We live for the Lord. And that that will happen. People get distracted on other things. Or they just, that the Word of God, they literally changed it. That's what we call a liberal church. That's what we call uh, itching ears teaching. When people aren't teaching the Bible, they're teaching about how to be a good man at school and work and how to make wise choices in life. You know, those might be practical things, but wise choices in life. A Palestinian can make wise choices in life and go to hell. What good is that? Our message is Jesus. So that's what he's talking about here. I'm going to make it through our verse. We're in verse number 3. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, because I believe that is a message for us today. Everyone is deceived today. And here's what's going to happen. For the day will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed. That's the Antichrist. You'll see a falling away of the church, church pews are empty, the Bible's being corrupted, and here comes the Antichrist. And look what is going to happen here. He is the man doomed to destruction. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship. Now look at this. Look at this clue here. So that he sits in God's temple proclaiming that he himself is God. The man of lawlessness. This abomination of desolation. This man will actually go... Let's look back at our picture of Israel. The Dome of the Rock. This temple that's going to be built on this site right here because that wild missile will probably destroy this building. The man of lawlessness will be in that building proclaiming himself to be God. That is one of the clues. When that building's built, and when a peace treaty is made, you know at that point you are living at the end time. So rockets flying over Israel, it would be a prime reason for us to be concerned is why I think should motivate us to say, hey, you you need to get saved. You need to turn to the Lord because Jesus is going to be coming back. The man of lawlessness is soon going to be revealed. The apostasy is already here. It's very obvious. Very few people Know the Lord in our wonderful city. This is a lost town. Churches are empty. There there are few, and a lot of them just don't even believe the Bible anymore. And this should motivate us and encourage us when we turn on our TV, when we see the news, when we see whatever's going to happen this week, we're reminded of biblical truth. Now, I I have these last things here. I have these graphics I made. I almost should email this out to you or put on my Wednesday night handout. What will happen at the end times? Do you all have that graphic? What will happen at the end times? These are things. Are so we'll stop right there and then we'll look at the second one. Here's what the look for. Antichrist will lead his peace treaty with Daniel or, or with Israel. I'll put this on my Wednesday night handout, then you have it because I have to put the Bible verses with it. That's number one. Look for the peace treaty. Antichrist will negotiate. Number two, the Jewish temple. This will be the third temple, by the way. It will be rebuilt in Jerusalem at the location of the Temple Mount. That's the exact location, the highest point in Jerusalem at the current Dome of the Rock. Those are what will happen to Israel at the end times. We want to be looking for that in the news. The next thing here, consequences. Here's what will happen. Here's our concept. next slide. This is what will result of that. Number one, the Antichrist will break his commitment with Israel, and worldwide persecution of the Jews will result. This will occur in the latter part of the Tribulation. Because the Jews will realize we were dubbed. We believed this man could have a peace treaty. Now he's standing in our temple declaring himself to be God. What on earth? That's what the Bible says this man will do that. And then, well, the latter part of the tribulation, we will see Israel. These are, these are people who are Jews uh, 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 through DNA will recognize Jesus is their Messiah. There will be a Jewish revival. And that's that passage, Romans chapter 11, verses 25 and 32. And and, um, we will get to that uh, on Wednesday night and talk about that Jewish revival. And then as well Zechariah talks about how at the very end of the end times, after the Antichrist, that partial hardening of their eyes will be torn apart and many Jews will actually get saved. The Bible teaches The book of Revelation also talks about this uh, and how Jews are going to turn to the Lord. So what do we do about this? We are encouraged to do several things. We do need to pray for the peace of Israel. The Bible tells us to do that. There are constantly a people at war and at battle, and it will continue. Secondly, we, our focus needs to be leading people and pointing people to Jesus. There are lost people who need to know to Jesus. And I want to tell you, if this war this week because I might not see some of you till Wednesday or Sunday again. If this war continues to escalate, you need to be reminded, you have family who and friends and people you go to school and work with, they will be very frightened, they won't know, and that provides you with an opportunity to share the good news. God, I thank you so much for your word. Lord, I pray this message here about the future of Israel, and which is ultimately a future of the end times and what you're going to do, will lead us to being motivated to pray for Israel. And Lord, we do pray for our Israeli friends who are getting um, dealing with missiles flying over their heads. And Lord, we pray for the people in Gaza as they're getting bombed and the fallout from terrorism. And Lord, we pray for Iran that they won't get involved. And these other terrorist groups, Lord, we pray for the Palestinians. Lord, there's so much uncertainty going on uh, and so much confusion and so much uh, bombardment of information uh, when you read about and hear about these events, all we know is, Lord, through your son Jesus, people are saved. And I pray that w- our focus will solely be on that. We thank you that we are very aware and knowledgeable of what, who, of what you are and what you've done. And thank you for choosing Abraham with the ultimate redemption plan for your son Jesus to die for us. Lord, this invitation, we conclude this service, that if we want to respond, that we are not... Ever bashful, we are bold in our response to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're gonna stand together. I'm gonna close our invitation and David's gonna lead us in our song. I'll be standing up front and we're gonna sing.